Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy birthday. My name is Pooh Bear, and this is the LSQ Podcast. Happy birthday is how Pooh Bear greets everyone every day. It's one of the ways he brings joy into the world, but the main way is through his incredible catalog of songs pop hits like Despacito Remix and multiple blockbusters for Justin Bieber, with whom he's collaborated extensively as a songwriter and producer, and tunes for Jill Scott and the Zac Brown Band and Jay Balvin, among many others. And uh, it was just such a pleasure to get to speak with him about his entire career, because he started playing music and writing songs when he was still just a kid, at that point living in Atlanta, and a cousin of his who signed the group's 112 and Jagged Edge to their record deals suggested to a young Jason Boyd, before he called himself Pooh Bear, uh, that he could make some money writing uh, for for up-and-coming groups, and that was where it all began. So thank you for pressing play on episode 63 of the LSQ podcast with Pooh Bear. I'm Jenny LSQ. Let's get into it. I want to ask before we start going, do do people refer do people call you Jason or do they call you Pooh? You know what? They call me most people call me Pooh Bear or Pooh or Bear. Yeah. Or, or even Bear Pooh. Or or Chase like Jason is like when I would get in trouble, which wasn't that many times. But right now, I don't know. Like I'm starting to feel more like Jason. Like every day I'm starting to feel more like Jason. It's strange. So I whatever you ever you feel comfortable with saying is what what we'll go with. Well, welcome, Pooh Bear, Jason, Bear Pooh, Pooh or Bear or PB. Right. Yeah, yeah, those are all cool. You know, welcome to the LSQ podcast. Thank you so much for connecting with me to do this. It's awesome to meet you. Yes, awesome to meet you. And on this show, I, I focus with people on the kind of creative journey that they've been on since they were a kid. So, um, you know, I, I want to get there as well and talk about just, you know, the first your first feelings of creativity just in yeah. life and that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I want to begin by talking about some of the, the latest news because I know your newest song about to enter the world is this this song very close to your heart about mm. your mother's passing. Uh, tell me a bit about that tune, which by, again, by the time this comes out, the song will also be in the world. But yeah, tell me a bit about that song and and how it felt to write a song that was that personal. Okay, so I would, yeah, so I would say that the day you left, Actually, you know, in all transparency, it was a poem that was written by my partner, Nabil Zaid. 
and he's a great poet. Um, and for me, this was my first time um, collaborating with uh, a poet. And I always had the the idea, you know, that I'm, I'm great with melodies and words. And so for me to to actually, you know, get a, to see a poem before my mom passed away, you know, this was before my mom passed away. She passed away January 7th, rest in peace. And this was something that we, you know, we started on in, I would say, as early as April of 2020. And the poem was done. And so what I did was I was allowed to come in with him and, and turn it into a song and, and create a hook and make a song and put melodies to it. And at that time, you know, my mom was still living. And then it just, the, the timing was strange to where you know, when, when she passed away, you know, we were still going to release that song, but the meaning changed completely. It wasn't, it was no longer just about, you know, different parts of relationships that people go through, you know, when with losing somebody that they love, but more so it's this three, this big vague thing where it's like, wow, this compares to, I can relate this to my mom. I can relate this to, you know, if I had a pet, you know, that passed away or that ran away, a cat that ran away the day you left. So it's like, it's the beauty and the beauty and the lyric and the melody is it allows you to really connect and relate whatever scenario, you know, resonates with you the most. And um, that that's really how the, the song came about, you know, and that was, for me, it's a new phase where I am venturing out, you know, and I want to elevate, I want to grow. So yes, you know, I, I partnered with um, Nabil and we have a lot of records coming out that were poems that were transformed into beautiful pieces of art. So um, I'm, I'm also excited about, you know, that and what's to come after that record. Right, so this is driving toward your next, al- your next album, Pooh Bear, yeah. the artist, your, your, it, that's, that'll be your second full length album as an artist, right? Yeah, actually, so, and, and my last album, my first project was, you know, was Birthday, Pooh Represents Birthday Music. And it wasn't, I, I sang on some of the songs, on a few of the songs, but they were really based around my friends that I had worked with. And we, and I felt like they were great records that the world needed to hear in the meantime, while they were working on their projects. And so it really wasn't, I can't, it was my album, but I wasn't like this time around, I'm, I'm singing on every song. I might not have a feature on this project coming out, you know, it might just be, you know, me singing. And um, so it's it's definitely, I could say that, yeah, my Poop Represents Birthday Music was my first album, but this is gonna be my first time really coming out with an album that I'm singing. And it's not based around, you know, me hiding behind everybody. <laughs> amazing, know? amazing. Yeah. So wait, so how close to, are you to having a, an, al- an album's worth of stuff? We we have a maybe two or three albums. Uh, wow! Yeah, yeah. Early. So it'll it'll come out this year. Definitely, definitely awesome. coming out this year. And we're um we're just putting out songs. Um, I already put out a few projects in my past, like beats to break up to. You know, which a whole it was a whole breakup album over break beats. Um, beats to make love to. Um, I did one called Beats to Wake Up To that never came out. Um, but then it, it shifted to birthday music. And now this is even, like, I can't even say that there is a name or, I, I actually have another project that, you know, I had a couple songs come out, two commas and another, but that project kind of froze during the pandemic. 
It will be unfrozen. It will be thawed out really soon. It's called Bars and Guitars. That's done. <laughs> and then on top of that, you know, this, The Day You Left, is like a new, like a series of records that we're going to be releasing that will equal up to a, a, an album, you know? So it's a lot of a lot of music going to be coming out and, you know, just slowly in the right way and rolling it out the right way so it won't be that aggressive and you won't get tired of me too soon. <laughs> no no worries there i mean but you just seem like you're gonna get tired of uh you're a busy you're a busy guy like so let's just pause for a minute talk me through kind of your average day what's your what's the average like working day like for um, you the average working day for me before my my recovery just because i had you know some surgery um would be you know i wake up uh, work out work out with my trainer for a cup for two hours um, spend a few, spend some moments with my kids, um, head to the studio around one thirty-two, and, you know, write, you know, and with the goal to write, you know, three songs, maybe write one or two songs, maybe finish something that I started on. Um, and then, you know, go make it home before my kids are asleep. So I can hang out with my kids and my wife and, and um, spend time with them. And that's really, you know, kind of like, and then that, and then you insert, you know, travel, you know, travel to do the same thing, minus being able to see my kids in the physical, but by way of, by way of FaceTime. But then also in the midst of writing somewhere between one and three songs a day, <laughs> um, you also have these other businesses that you're involved oh, with. You get, and you invest in these different, yeah. uh, whether it's restaurants or whether it's a, a cannabis brand or whether it's a water brand or weed and water and gaming. Yeah. yeah, everything. You know what? So now that you say that, I am actually, I'm just a multitasker. So as I'm creating songs, I'm working I am, you know, approving, you know, flavors, new flavors of, of water. Um, I'm still, I'm going back, you know, I'm talking to Brett, to Wonder Brett, who's, you know, a partner in, in the cannabis world. And, you know, a, leg a legend in the cannabis world. Yeah. He's a living legend in the cannabis. And he just happened to be like one of my good friends for a long, like I didn't, I, I, I invested in Brett, you know what I mean? As a human being. And he's just a brilliant He's brilliant at what he does. And, um, you know, just we got stores opening up. But I'm re really excited about them on Beverly and La Brea. A couple of stores opening up in L.A. Uh, nice. And on top of that, 3D technology, the holographic wall, the next generation is 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 up and running downtown. But so what that, is the what is the estimate? What give me an estimate? How many of the how many ventures do you, uh, do you would you estimate yeah. you have going at any one time? Um, right now, as we're actually speaking in real time, one, two, three, eight, Damn. eight ventures that are moving forward out in the world, in the universe, and growing and, you know, evolving awesome. into becoming IPOs. Yeah. Yeah. So let's 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 take this opportunity to rewind because yeah. you know something too I'm noticing about what you're talking about and what seems to be a trend is that yeah you you when you see something that's uh you know when you see talent in a you know outside external to you or something that's ex special yes you want to make it your mission to help that get where you could see it going 
Yeah. Right. So I'm curious, when did that, when did that start? Like there was a you before that, right? There was a you who just was creative. Yeah. So I want to talk about the you before that, but then also the things like, how did you start to be this person who is so motivated by wanting to help something that you think is special? I think it started when I was, we can go back to when I was eight and I wasn't allowed to listen to secular music or world music. And um, I was sneaking, listening to Stevie Wonders. I just called to say, I love you. And it inspired me. It made me feel something that I kind of really never felt before. And at that moment, I was like, you know what? I want to be a part of this. I want to make people feel the way this just made me feel. And I didn't know really in what way or fashion. I just knew I did. You know, I wanted to be a part of it. And and then, you know, tornado and, and everybody and going through all this homelessness starting over in Atlanta and then saying, oh, and putting together kids groups, putting together kids in the neighborhood, coming up with choreography, you know, figuring the parents looking at us finally, you know, and seeing dollar signs. And then next to, you know, we're in a, you know, we're at Keith Sweat's house recording with Keith Sweat's road manager, you know? Wow, <laughs> wait, let's go back a little bit. Okay, so... So you, when you relocated to Atlanta, yeah, and you went through a, 1990, and you went through a period of homelessness with your family. Yeah, without 80, 89 to 90, were homeless in New Haven, Connecticut. The tornado was like one of the first recorded tornadoes in Connecticut history, and then we, you know, we didn't, we just didn't have a place to live for a while. And then the church took up an offering one Sunday and gave my mom like four thousand dollars, and we were able to move to Atlanta and struggle there right right <laughs> yeah, so, and so that's when you started to started, yeah, started. get together other get together other kids your age who yeah. would like to sing as well me and my brother yeah when I would yeah and because I would see in Atlanta it was such a time for like um new talent and it was like the new mecca like New York was always the the mecca and then Atlanta 90 was like whoa the beginning of uh T, um LaFace Records the beginning of all these so so deaf these massive labels that put out so much, so many hits. So, you know, seeing that with Crisscross and Another Bad Creation, seeing those kids on Soul Train made me realize I wasn't too young to actually take this serious. And like, whoa, these kids, they're platinum and they're eight years, eight, nine, 12, 13. So for me, it was like, yo, this is this could really happen. So seeing having those examples it just allowed me to you know just start putting together you know group you know one group and then that turned into one of the parents saw us before like rehearsing and they brought us to Keith Sweat's man um road manager's house next thing you know we're recording and um now then they got us singing all these old school records you know learning all the Delphonics and Temptations went through so many evolutions so many groups so you're you're how old at this point at that point, I was a, I was eleven. Wow! 11 and what were you old. thinking at Keith Sweat's? You know, um, I was just like, we're making it, like we're doing yeah. it. Like I didn't, you know, for me, we were, you know, we weren't in the neighborhood anymore on the block dancing outside. Now we're in an actual like Keith Sweat was a, you know, at that time he was, he was like the Bobby Brown or he was like the, um, yeah, Usher or somebody of that era where. I was like, wow, we're at Keith Sweat's road manager. It wasn't even his house. It was his road manager's house, you know? Lonnie Ferguson, Lonnie and Louise Ferguson. Um, and then it turned into, you know, we recorded, and then the group just started to evolve, and 
we, you know, one of the members, you know, got in trouble and then it turned into a three member group. Man, I met this other kid in middle school and we were 12 and we ended up making a group called Young Harmony, you know, and his name was Young and I was Harmony. And we ended up uh, performing at a place called Diamonds and Pearls, which was every Thursday in Atlanta, where Monica, Usher, Outkast, we all performed in showcases every Thursday before anybody got record deals. Um, Goody Mob, everybody that was somebody. And we ended up signing, getting a deal with an independent company called Jungle Juice Records when we were 12. And I was in the seventh Holy grade. Holy shit. Yeah, in the seventh <laughs> grade. And look, in our advance, we got paid, we got paid in the form of a jean suit. I got one jean suit, a green jean suit, and my partner, young, he got a, a gold jean suit. And we looked like the Sprite emblem together. <laughs> we're gold and lime green. I'll never and that was it. That was our whole that was our advance. They our manager took our advance money. And that was like our first like time getting ripped my first time getting ripped off and oh my gosh but you were performing original songs yeah we were performing um like one original song and we were singing jodeci two songs two jodeci songs yeah um come and talk to me and stay and then we recorded then we would perform our one original song first time it was called first time okay (laughs) And, and like, so yeah, so you, were you, would you, did you write together and, and what was your sort of, when did you start to start writing? Was it about the writing at that point? Or was it about the singing? It was more, honestly, it was more about the singing, but because we needed songs, I ended up writing. And then that group, Young Harmony ended up evolving into a group called Friction, where we added two more guys. So that ended up, I ended up engineering, writing and producing all those songs for my group for friction and that's kind of where i got in that in the studio phase of like really learning how to engineer and really just learning how to produce and get finished product like get a song start from nothing and end up with a song and the song they were horrible you know they sucked they were god awful but it's like i had to get that out you have to get it out of your system you know what i mean and then you know, it's a part of the trial and error and, and going through it. And um, that allowed me to get to a, a place where, you know, at the same time, my cousin discovered the groups 112 and Jagged Edge at one talent show in high school, Tri-Cities High School. And they went on, he ended up taking them 112 to Bad Boy and Jagged Edge went on to Social Death with Jermaine. And um, 112 came out and they were a success, they were a hit. And that's when my cousin came to me during my friction years and he was like hey you know you can make money writing songs and I was I was 16 at this point you know so I've been writing now you know not professionally but like writing whack music for like at least like four (laughs) solid years at that point (laughs) (laughs) no it's just to be honest because I want everybody to understand that you know even at even at this point in my life everything I write is not amazing you know so it's, you know, back then it's like more so getting it out of my system mm. and learning, not even thinking there's something there, knowing that when I listen to that and I listen to stuff on the radio, I'm like, yeah, this doesn't sound the same, you know, but it was enough glimmer of light to never really give up on it. And then my cousin, you know, put me with 112 when I turned 16. He was like, look, if they like you, maybe you can keep writing with, maybe they'll keep writing with you. And we, we uh, me and Deron Jones and Q, ended up writing a song called Anywhere, which was like my first 
uh, hit record, you know, on the urban charts and R&B charts. Yeah. And um, that was the beginning of it. And then from there, you know, I kept, and also we did a song called Love is Such a Crazy Thing for Pink on her very first album when she was really burgundy and she was singing R&B music. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. (laughs) (laughs) So, so when, you know, when did you start to feel like you were getting good? I mean, Um, you know, yeah, where you're like, okay, I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm figuring it out. Yeah, no, definitely the the success of like just having a, you know, a part in anywhere, you know, and being, being in high school and just being a part of that, that successful record, it, it definitely built my morale and my self-esteem to where I was like, I'm a professional writer now. You know, I have a published song that, you know, went number one on the urban charts. And so it, that definitely allowed me to to keep on going. And 112, they were really supportive of me. Um, even when I doubted myself, they gave me, you know, they really just, they lifted my spirits and my self-esteem and, Deron Jones definitely, you know, made me feel like I was definitely a lot better than I felt like I was at that time. So it, it they pushed me and we ended up going on, you know, to do, I went on tour with them. Um, I carried their bags. They hired me to be like their, their, um, their bag carrier in 1998 and 99 yeah 98 to 99 and while I was carrying their bags in Europe you know I was writing songs and then you know that's where a lot of the album part three came from which was you know peaches and cream and you know dance with me and all these different songs came on you know were done on tour while I was carrying bags what did you like what did you do from there to improve your craft or like did you did you study what you were hearing on the radio and and yeah to improve, you know, so for me, it was always about being around or learning from somebody who's just a master or weight or just on another level than me. So it was always that bar that was like, all right, I want to, my music sound is cool, but I wanted to sound like this. I want to be able to compare it to this. And that allowed me, you know, even through, you know, um, like having success you know, still with 112 going on after, you know, 112 and um, and meeting producers, Dre and Vidal and Miami and going to Philadelphia through this for the, you know, the Neo Soul movement in 2001, working with Jill Scott and people like for me, it was like even going to that level, it, I respected Jill Scott so much, you know, that it, it made me grow. It just, it forced me to grow because I wanted to make music that she valued and I wanted to be good enough in her eyes. And, you know, so working on records like my petition and rodeo different Joe Scott, it, that was once again, a new form of a stamp of approval for me. And I'm like, wow. And I could hear my sound maturing and growing, even though I still felt like it wasn't all the way there yet. And I was still learning and I still hadn't really figured out 
what my formula was at that time. You know, it, it took me years and years to, you know, figure out a formula. And then on top of that formula, be able to actually be blessed enough to hone in with an artist that can display my formula consistently over and over again, you know, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. really unrealistic and, and, and really, in re- and, and in reality, impossible. So, you know, it took a, a years and years to get to a formula um, and me working with different artists that were great and, and where I was like, wow, I just learned more. I learned more. And it started getting clearer and clearer, you know, and then a clearer to where it was like, I get it. I got it. And then I understood the different variables in it. It wasn't right. just me. You know, the song is a it, the song is everything, but if this variable and that variable and the label doesn't support it, if the people don't get behind it, if the radio doesn't get by so many variables that make a hit song, it's like, oh, whoa, this is like out of my hands. Like, I got to do is just do my formula. And if it's meant right. to leave all the stars in line, then, you know, it'll be a hit record. Yeah. And of course, it's like a hit could be a song could be a hit without being a hit. It could be a lowercase H hit without being a capital H hit. Yes. But and I'm not going to ask you what your formula is, obviously, but I am curious what you when you say formula. You can can ask me my formula because I'll share it. Like, because there's the song that is how to drive a car. He Lewis Hamilton could be like, yo, I'll show you like you got to hold on and but then actually doing it. No. You know, right. can't do it. Nobody's going to be able to, you know what I mean? So I love to share my formula. What do you think is the thing that is your, that is your specialty? My specialty is simple and effectiveness. So it has to be simple enough for a kid to hum along and sing along, but effective enough for a Harvard scholar or someone as brilliant as yourself to be stimulated mentally with a metaphor or with a new simile that's like whoa i would have never ever related those two that makes so much sense <laughs> so those are the that's my formulas like the simplicity of these melodies that are for kids but and in those and in that within that making sure that the notes that i choose move your emotions that your emotions the notes that your emotions can't deny so when you hear it it resonates with you the frequencies hit you and you're like, whoa, you can't explain it, but you're feeling something that you that you weren't feeling before you heard it. And and then when it's saying something that's stimulating your mind, it's like, oh, I can relate to that. Oh, I would have never thought to put that that way. And then you can remember the melody when when you now you're singing it and you don't want to sing it. And now we have a hit record. It's a formula. And and d- when you're when it's actually arriving to you, wherever yeah. it comes from, when it's yeah. entering you, what yeah. what tends to be the first thing that you hear or the first thing that you see? I I the first thing I I I have to see for myself in order to have a clear success, like a clear path of what I'm doing is the concept. You know, because, you know, a lot of people just start writing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What's the main idea of this, this statement right now? Can't just baffle off some lyrics that sound good and rhyme. So my thing is the concept. And then because I am a walking melody and I have millions of melodies within me, now the most important part is the concept. Because what can I put into this universe that doesn't exist? 
that's new merch that's new everything and then you know and then with my with my formula with my melodies and making sure your your emotions can't deny it now we have something that's gonna that can stick out on the charts that can that can resonate and when somebody hears it they can't say oh that sounds just like such and such or oh that's the that's the same song this is the same song title like this is the same song like when you get past those barriers it's like the concept it starts with a concept and um it's really it's for me it's everything and then from there it's it's the hook you know um it's the hook and I know what I'm talking about because I have the concept and I know when I write these verses they need to be they need to support my hook so it's a complete thought and it's not a schizophrenic song it's not right. pieces of song. It's got to be difficult, though, if you have like this abundance of melodies and they're yeah. kind of you could grab some of them at it. You know, you're yeah. you're telling me your average day. I mean, you aim for three songs. But so that means I'm picturing there are a few cogent ideas that feel like on that day might be worth developing. And like if you how do you focus on the I mean, do you do one? Do you focus on one thing at a time or will you kind of be developing multiple ideas you know, if I'm if I'm feeling stuff like if I'm creating and I'm really inspired and I have the clear thought and the concept, I usually try to just knock it out and just nail it because it's like, you know, ultimately it'll end up being like a thirty-five minute thing, thirty-eight <laughs> minute thing, in that way, and that's when it's meant to be. That's when it's like that's nothing. An example of that would be it's already there and I'm just discovering it. Like I'm like mm-hmm. oh. Oh yeah, that's what it, that's right. It does say that. So it's almost like it's written already, right? Somewhere in the universe is written and I'm discovering it, but it's already there. What can you give me an example or two of songs of yours that came that easily? I would say Where Are You Now came that easily. Uh, Justin Bieber's record was one of those, you know, just in the, you know, having the having the concept you know, having the concept from, this is going to trip you out. The concept of where you now for Bieber came from a TV series on VH1 called Where Are They Now? And it was mm. talking about celebrities like back in the day. I don't know if you remember this show back in the day, but like for me, I'm always taking things and and manipulating them to make them you know personalize them and make them more relatable so when I you know that came from where are they now to where are you now and and then it turned into this whole new thing um and that song came about I would say I did that record was probably about a 25 30 minute record you know holy shit i mean at this point when that happens now you have enough experience you must be it must be like what that's like a really great day at work where you're you're not second guessing it you're just like shit this is you know can i be honest with you even then in doing that i don't really i don't know like i didn't know that song was Mm. gonna go to win a grammy and be justin bieber's comeback song i didn't know that i was really just trying to get out of the booth just to be honest with you, like I'll commit and I'm like, I'm going to the studio. I'm going to recreate some stuff. But then when I'm in there, I'm like, all right, I, I, I'm not going to second. I'm not going to like give it any less effort, but I really want to get out the booth. Like this, and this was back when I was really still using recording booths and that wouldn't incentivize me to like get it done. 
and you know make sure i'm still sticking to the idea sticking to the main idea i'm not just writing anything i'm sticking to the melody and um that's how that that record really came about. right but it's like i think i feel like a lot of artists i talk to go through this evolution of when they're earlier into their catalog a song that comes easily they feel like either oops i must be ripping something off or where they're like no that is it cheesy is it corny is there something too simple about it if it came that easily so i thought it was too simple one thousand percent after doing where you now i thought it was too simple then after it became successful that was when it concluded that whenever i feel like it's too simple it's perfect that was that was it that was it it was like thinking like oh man i'm just saying that i could say more in the hook and then once it connected and related and i got it and i saw him performing on stage and i saw everybody singing it i'm like oh whenever i think it's not saying enough it's perfect and that's my like my my new my check like when i'm like oh this is a little too simple it's probably perfect That's where I'm at, where it's like, just go and get it out my system. There's no such thing as writer's block because I know that everything I write is not going to be amazing, you know? And so the writer's block comes in where it's like, you start feeling like, well, this is not going to be good. It's like, so what? Get it out your system. Because the things I thought were okay and mediocre, songs like, what do you mean? Ended up selling, you know, going 55 times platinum and you know, number one in every country. And and if somebody asked me, would I have chose that song for, you know, when they were picking singles? No, I wouldn't. I would have been like, I did that in 25 minutes and I wrote it just trying to get something done, you know? And in me being, me, it being second nature for me to make sure it's a concept and I have my formula, which is second nature, I still wrote through it really fast. So doing that, I kind of didn't value it the way that when everybody heard it, they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I'm like, really? You know, we talked a little bit about collaborators and what what draws you to certain collaborators. There are obviously Justin Bieber being a foremost example of artists you've worked with a ton or just many, many times over now. What is the thing you're looking for there? Because you've got an abundance of melodies you could, you could, uh, yeah. I think it's working with artists that, just really genuinely have a passion to want to push music forward. Like they share the same goal as me. And on top of that, the way that I, when I get a chance to work with an artist, I believe in them a million percent. So for me, for an artist to believe in me with all their heart, we win, you know, it's like, it's like, I'm not, I feel like I'm no longer, I don't have to audition for you right now. Like if I'm in the studio with you, and you don't really believe in me, I'm really auditioning for you to make you believe in me. So if I don't have to do that, you know, if you remove that part and I just feel that energy, you just believe in me, like you love, you know, equally the way I believe in you as an artist, then it's like this, we have this magic. And that's when I'm able to be my best is because I have that like, it's like, whoa, I don't want to let this person down now. You know, I don't want to let myself down, but I don't want to let this, this person believes in me so much. I can't let them down. Like, I have to be the best version of myself. So that means everything for me. You know, somebody might want to record one of my songs and they're like, yo, I want to cut this song. And I'm like, but do you believe in me? 
And now I ask the art. Now I'm at a place where I'm comfortable enough to ask the artist that, you know, because I don't want to just do one song. I don't want my song to be the one song that everybody like that sticks out and the rest of your project is like, what happened there? You know, and and it's and it's the most it's in the most humble way where it's like, no, if we're gonna if you believe in me and we're gonna work, let's make you know let's do a body of work or let's do enough songs that really make a difference that really resonate and when people hear them, they're like, yo, what is that or who is that? And then if we have that reaction and that response, then we we win. Yeah, and then you can go somewhere. Then it's like oh, there's, you can build on stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so, and they are where they are. So most artists you learn, it's like being a kid writing songs for Usher and writing songs for other people. You think they want what they already have, and they don't. They want what you're. They want what you would do. And I noticed the most songs I placed in my life was my own songs when I was like doing records for my album, because they already did what they. They already did themselves. They want to do what's next. Like what's the next sound? So. That that's something I wanted to add. You can go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, I was gonna say because it seems like also that's you're trying to do that as well. I mean, you obviously yes. have expanded into, you know, expanding genres in yeah. more recent years and everything. And like I want to hear a little bit about your kind of philosophy about approaching genres that are newer to you or that are less familiar to you, mm-hmm. you know, in the realm of like pop song craft being kind of a an absolute. Right. But yeah, sort of what tell me about kind of your goals for for exploring other genres um i've been you know i've been blessed enough and honored enough to to do you know reggae with you know i have a lot of hits slew of hits in jamaica i lived in kingston you know i worked with the best djs in the world edm djs so i've done of course you know pop r&b was where i started with 112 and and the soul and neo soul with the with joe scott and glenn lewis um and then there's you know recently I tapped into the the Japanese market with um with Skrillex, Sunny Skrill, aka Skrillex with um, Utada, and we had a number one record with uh, Face My Fears, which was the uh, the theme song from Kingdom Come video game soundtrack, and that actually broke the charts in America, hit the Hot 100 for the first time since um, Pearl Harbor, a Japanese artist hit the uh, Hot 100. And that, you know, that was a big deal. So that was new. And then also working with artists like Timothy in Russia, in Moscow, and, um, you know, and working with with artists, you know, with African artists, you know, like um, with, with Tiwa. It's uh, those, these are the newer ventures. I've been blessed enough to have to work with Zach Brown Band, and he took me on, on the road with him before COVID hit. Um, Dan and Shay, we, you know, 10,000 Hours just won a Grammy for, you know, best country duo um so those were those were my goals were like country like i wanted a country hit i've been saying it um the latin world you know being a part of the biggest latin song of all time um despacito remix was something that in 2015 i was like yo i really feel like i want to work with reggaeton artists so you know scooter Braun introduced me to jay balvin and he brought me to, to Medellin, you know, Colombia, and we worked on Energia, which that album won a Latin Grammy for Best Urban Album that year. And, you know, went on to work with with the Despacito record and Daddy Yankee, Louis Fonzi, and then Jesse and Joy. So those were goals. Like, every time I would see something, I would kind of be like, yo, I feel like music is going this direction. 
I want to do, I want to work with this person. And, and I went into the Latin market, not knowing I would be a part of the biggest Latin song <laughs> of all time. You know, that was not really, I just wanted to, to work with some reggaeton artists and, and broaden my cat my my catalog out. Um, so I think the newer goals right now for me is it's not just of course I would love to be able to 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 break something in you know in India. That's something that's always interested interest. I love their quarter tones, I love the melodies, I love the intricacy of the the of the notes. Um and then but on top of that, just be able to break new music you know like i i feel like i've been blessed to be have success in so many genres now it's like i want to be a part of you know putting out the new freaking sweet new frequencies from artists that don't exist it's great to work with artists that are celebrities but it's like can't say that anybody could just work with a celebrity and they're gonna write a hit but the chances are really good. You know, the odds are really good if somebody is already a, a successful artist. So, you know, creating, you know, being a part of an artist or multiple projects from nothing to the world, you know, from babies to the world accepting them for me is like my newest goal. And with that music, being able to, to hit every genre, you know, with that music. You know, because my my roster is it's it's very very it's very broad from, you know, country pop to to urban to even a new genre of rap that's you know based on all day trading and crypto. You know, you know it's a whole new genre because go on <laughs> because rap can't we you know how influential music is you see the rap raising these kids they live what they live these lyrics so it's like. Why not give them something less than, you know, you can make money off your phone. You could day trade. You can have a Robin Hood account and be 18 years old. Like you can, so it's just like a whole new, my thing is like creating these new genres within genres. There's hip hop, there's rap. It's just so much negative, so much drug talk, so much negative influence. It's like, all right, let's do this and make it sonically equally as cool and cooler, melodically cool, cooler. But let's feed them. Let's give them something. Let's some another way to make money where they don't have to look over their shoulders and like risk their freedom and be there and really create a career that could take care of their family. For me, the genres I've been, you know, I've been blessed to to do them and successfully do them. Now it's like putting out new, creating new genres within genres, you know, with new and that's based on concepts and you know themes and things that just haven't been talked about. That's what I'm really excited about. What's next? What's next? You know, yeah. you know, what's the next everything? I love yeah. that part too, staying ahead of it and being the, the trendsetter. And, you know, so many years I wrote songs against the grain because I would have a hit here, a hit there, but not enough hit to where I could just be myself and write a song. And uh, I'm blessed enough now where I, when I get hired or I choose to work with somebody, I don't have to write something that sounds like the radio. I could just write. And it just sounds like the radio. <laughs> I just, it's like, but it took so many years, 15, 6, 17, 18 years to get to that place. It was like, I could just write something. But now it's to a, a place where I hear so much of myself in songs 
it makes my stomach, it bothers my stomach. And that's what pushes me to be in the studio, you know, creating what's next because I hear my influence and I'm like, whoa, I hear it in the la I hear it in the reggaeton world. I hear it in everywhere. I hear all my melodies. I'm like, that's me. Those are my melodies. It's just so I'm like, now what's next, Pooh Bear? What's the next melodies that everybody can bite from you? So that's constantly pushing me to, you know, to to create that next influence and make sure that, you know, just when you think you got my my sound down pat, it's, it's new, it's different. I absolutely loved getting to know Pooh Bear through that conversation and, and certainly hope our paths will cross again. And as he said, he'll have more songs on his own as an artist coming in the remaining months of this year. And that brings us to the end of episode 63 of LSQ. Thank you again for listening. The next episode, out in a few more weeks, is with Andy Hull from Manchester Orchestra. And I'm also looking forward to sharing an episode with Lucy Dacus farther into the summer. You can reach me if you've got questions or feedback on Twitter and Instagram at JennyLSQ. Talk to you next time.